Reflections from Torch Trust, focusing on Christian faith and sight loss. Hello and welcome to Reflections. I'm your host, Marilyn Baker, and this is the show from Torch Trust that focuses on faith and disability in today's world. On today's show, we'll be taking a look forward at the events of next Saturday, the 6th of May, as Britain sees its first coronation take place in 70 years. On the 6th, King Charles will be crowned during a ceremony that will be watched by millions. It's strange to think that it will only be the second ever British coronation to be televised. In celebration of the coronation, the organisation Ten of Those has produced an evangelistic tract called God Save the King. God Save the King explains the coronation, how it will work and who is involved, while ultimately pointing the way towards our servant-hearted Saviour King, Jesus Christ. Torch Trust has been hard at work producing this resource in accessible formats for people with sight loss. And we're going to share an extract with you now. For over 950 years, coronations have been held in Westminster Abbey, William the Conqueror being the first monarch to be crowned there in 1066, whilst Charles will be the 40th. Alongside him will be Camilla, Queen Consort. They will be crowned and anointed with oil, having both travelled there in the magnificent gold state coach. The symbolism. Two crowns will be used by the monarch at the climax of the ceremony, which is presided over by the Archbishop of Canterbury. The king will sit on King Edward's chair, following the pattern of almost every monarch since the fourteenth century. St. Edward's crown, handcrafted in solid gold with a cross at its centre, will be placed on Charles's head. This is the only time that the crown, dating from 1661, is worn by the monarch, not least because it weighs a hefty 2.23 kilograms, almost five pounds. The imperial state crown is the working crown used for state openings of Parliament. Weighing less than half that of St. Edward's, this crown is adorned with 2,868 diamonds, as well as rubies, pearls, emeralds and sapphires. King Charles will hold two sceptres. The first is the Sovereign's Sceptre, a three-foot-long golden staff based on the shepherd's crook, with a cross on top symbolising the power of kingship under God's own rule. The second is called the Rod of Equity and Mercy, to remind the new sovereign to show compassion and kindness to his people. The king will be given the sovereign's orb, a hollow golden sphere with a cross at its top. The orb is a reminder that above this new king reigns a greater king, whose kingdom covers the entire globe. The golden coronation ring, inlaid with diamonds, rubies and sapphires for the colours of England and Scotland, is worn by the monarch to show his marriage to the nation. The Service the coronation oath will be taken in front of heads of state and representatives of the Houses of Parliament and the Church of England, as well as the watching world, as Charles III is confirmed head of the Commonwealth 
an association of 56 independent countries and 2.5 billion people. For 14 of these countries, as well as the UK, the King is head of state. Music, readings and the ritual of anointing the new monarch using oils of orange flowers, roses, cinnamon, musk and ambergris are each part of the elaborate ceremony. The Song God save our gracious King, long live our noble King, God save the King. Finally, the gathered congregation will sing the national anthem, dating back to 1745. It speaks of two kings, our new king, Charles III, and Almighty God, the King of Kings. In many ways, our monarch is a rock to the nation, but he, like everyone else, needs his own rock, on whom he can always rely. Hence the words, God save the king. Those words point to two kingdoms, the one over which King Charles reigns, and the one under which he serves. These two kingdoms are very different. We do not yet know the length of King Charles's reign, but this second kingdom will never end. The Saviour King Two thousand years ago a king came into our world. God, clothed in humanity, came to the people whom he had created. At his birth, Jesus startled the local ruler, though King Herod need not have panicked. Jesus had not come as a military power. Instead, his reign was going to be marked by different priorities. He said, I came not to be served, but to serve, and to give my life as a ransom for many. The crown he wore was made of thorns, when he died, everyone forsook him. Crucified, Jesus was carrying on himself the sin and rebellion of the world. He was paying the penalty for the guilt of his citizens, that we might be set free. He had come to establish a different kind of kingdom. If you'd like to hear more from God Save the King, you can get hold of copies at tenofthose.com. Now, 10 is the number, 10ofthose.com. It's just 15p for a single copy. If you have sight loss, you can get copies in Braille, audio CD and various sizes of large print, again for just 15 pence. Visit torchtrust.org or call 01858 438 260 or email info at torchtrust.org. This tract is fantastic for handing out to friends, family and congregations before and after the coronation. We'll be hearing more about the coronation later on. But now it's time for our thought for the day. This time we'll be hearing from James Brookman, who's been thinking about planting trees and procrastination. I love that old saying about trees that goes, the best time to plant a tree is 10 years ago. The second best time is today. When I moved into my house 13 years ago, there were several gaps in the hedge, but in the name of expediency, instead of filling the gaps, I just put up a fence alongside the hedge. And ever since, I've intended to get round to planting some saplings. But now the fence is starting to lean over and rot, and the gaps are still there 
filled only with nettles. So although the best time to plant a hedge may be 10 years ago, it seems my best time is always tomorrow. What does the Bible have to say about such procrastination, or as it calls it, sluggishness? Proverbs chapter 13 says, A sluggard's appetite is never filled, but the desires of the diligent are fully satisfied. Now of course this proverb is just common sense, but sometimes our procrastination is due to other things apart from laziness, and can be even more harmful. This is what Jesus had to say on the matter in Matthew chapter 5. So if you are about to offer your gift to God at the altar, and there you remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. Go at once and make peace with your brother, and then come back and offer your gift to God. So let's avoid the pitfalls of procrastination whether in trivial things like hedge planting, or more serious things that may harm our relationship with others and God. They all tend to involve things we really don't want to do, but ultimately still need to be done. And going back to my hedge, as you've probably guessed from the smug tone, I finally got round to planting some saplings, just after Christmas. They looked like dead twigs at the time, but now, four months later, most of them are showing little green leaves. And hopefully, in ten years' time, I'll have a hedge worthy of the name. Although the exact list of music that will be used on the 6th of May is not known, we do know that 12 newly commissioned pieces will be performed, including a special coronation anthem written by Andrew Lloyd Webber. So if you tune into the ceremony... Do listen out for those. I'm sorry to say that we're almost out of time for today, but before we go, I'd like to share some prayers with you. To mark the coronation, the Church of England has produced a series of daily prayers to be used in the run-up to the big day, which Torch Trust has produced in accessible formats. Let's listen to today and tomorrow's prayers now. Day 22 Patience. Psalm 40, verse 1. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. We have all been reminded to be patient many times throughout our lives. Living in patience and peace with one another is not always easy and is a discipline that, appropriately, takes much practice to cultivate. Nevertheless, Patience is among the fruit of the Spirit listed by St. Paul, and something we should aim to embrace whenever we can, looking to God, who remains ever patient with us. All Christian people are also called to be patient and persistent in prayer. Let us ask God for this gift today. We pray, Lord of heaven and earth, as Jesus taught his disciples to be persistent in prayer, Give us patience and courage never to lose hope, but always to bring our prayers before you. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Day 23. Kindness. Micah, chapter 6, verse 8. What does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness 
and to walk humbly with your God. One of the phrases that is attributed to St. David of Wales is his encouragement to his community to be joyful, keep the faith, and do the little things that you have seen and heard with me. They remind us that every instant of our lives affords an opportunity to be drawn closer to the God who loves us, and that small steps of kindness are indications of the Spirit at work in our lives. The life of service to which King Charles is dedicated displays on the public stage the values of love and kindness that each of us can demonstrate through what the poet Wordsworth describes as little, nameless, unremembered acts of kindness and of love. We pray, Almighty God, who sent your Holy Spirit to be the life and light of your Church, open our hearts to the riches of your grace, that we may bring forth the fruit of the Spirit in love and joy and peace. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Finally, here is one more prayer from the booklet, written as a special prayer for the King. Almighty God, the fountain of all goodness, bless our Sovereign Lord King Charles and all who are in authority under him, that they may order all things in wisdom and equity, righteousness and peace, to the honour of your name and the good of your Church and people. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. You can still get hold of copies of this booklet from chpublishing.co.uk slash coronation or if you have sight loss, go to torchtrust.org for the accessible versions. You can also call 01858438260 or email info at torchtrust.org. These are also the contact details for anything to do with Torch Trust services for blind and partially sighted people. So that's 01858438260 and email info at torchtrust.org. I do hope you've enjoyed today's show and that you'll join us again next week. Until then, from me, Marilyn and everyone on the Reflections team, goodbye and God bless. You've been listening to Reflections from Torch Trust. Thank you.